Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. So as we get into today's episode, I have to say that this episode has me um, taking a step back a little bit because I was digging into the archived interviews of my old podcast to see if there were any other interviews that I could pull up that I had not... um, I had not uploaded on this podcast yet, and I found one that I overlooked, and I had to take a deep breath when I saw it because it was of my good friend who now passed away over a year and a half ago now. His name is Mark Eisenhart, and it was quite an interesting situation to say the least just to see how fragile life is um, and you never really know where somebody's at psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. Everything can look good on the surface and look really powerful and yet somebody could be suffering and struggling inside and um, well, this, this interview, we did this interview about three and a half, maybe four years ago. And it's a powerful interview. It's truly an amazing, powerful, insightful, and motivational interview. Mark talks about his journey from being over 450 pounds and getting onto a raw food diet. Uh, That's how we met. We met um, in the raw food community many, many, many years ago when he was working as an ambassador for Health Force. And... um, you know, he's just talking about his journey, you know, of, of experiencing post-traumatic stress syndrome, of losing uh, an enormous amount of weight, getting involved in movie projects, and really just living a passionate, inspiring life. And I remember him being so lit up, so passionate, so um, at times, um, you know, so ambitious that I think it kind of uh, was frustrating for him at times, yet there was always this candle in him. There was this light in him. And so, you know, yeah, it's with a heavy heart that I I introduced this because, you know, it's, it's hard to, hard to realize that somebody that seems like Superman can be just like anybody else, just have the same concerns and doubts and fears and worries like anyone else. And, um, I wanted to, I wanted to upload this interview to honor him, honor his life, and honor the message that he was focused on providing the world and make sure that this message that was recorded doesn't go to waste. And um, it was an amazing message. So I think all of you are just going to get a lot out of it. And I'll leave it at that. So without further ado, enjoy this really amazing conversation uh, four years back between me and Mark Eisenhart.
everyone. This is Ronnie Landis, and I'm here to bring you another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential Radio Show. Okay, so today we have a guest who, I mean, I say this all the time. I am, I only bring on people who I genuinely feel are extraordinary human beings, are doing incredible work in the world, and can really give uh, the audience and myself as a host incredible information and different perspectives on how we look at health, how we look at transformation, and how we look at just the world around us. So today I have Mark Eisenhart, who is a Warrior Force-sponsored athlete ambassador. He's an actor, a model, a transformational speaker, and he's actually a brand ambassador for Gaim TV. And this is, I mean, just all that alone is amazing. What I find amazing about this gentleman that I'm about to bring on is that he is, uh, he, he's transformed his life as most of the guests here have. And he's, he's really my kind of guy because he's a push it to the limit type of person. And he, he, I get the notion that he's looking to squeeze every iota of life force energy out of every day. And that's really what I'm all about. And that's what human potential is all about. So let's get into it. Without further ado, let me bring on Mark Eisenhart. Ronnie, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. You know, I our, our conversations have been so few and far in between and so necessarily brief. So it's nice to have some time to actually talk with you and to connect. And, you know, in the spirit of the holographic universe and everything being a reflection of something else, um, you know, it's only by virtue of the fact that you are who you are and doing what you're doing that I'm able to be who I am and doing what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. keep shining that lie to your bro- yours brother i can see it from here man warriors lead the way <laughs> right on i love i love um your your use of the word warrior i grew up as a as a martial artist when i was about four years old i was inspired by bruce lee and it clicked inside of me the the whole the whole philosophical side the traditional side and i was very much raised with kind of the bushido ideal yeah um and um the warrior ideal and that's very deep inside of me and i can tell that's a big part of you in fact um you know i'm sure we'll we'll get into a lot of different kind of concepts here i know you're a big batman fan I am. And and let me just say very quickly, let me just respond to something you said. I want to go on record as saying that I believe that you and I and and the other people that are, you know, part of our tribe, we're here to do a lot of things, but we're here to usher in a new paradigm, a new way of thinking, a new way of redefining archetypes. You know, I just published an article for the acquiring man called the art of war. And, you know, at the onset, anybody who Uh, looks at that would go, Oh my God, that's so Mark Eisenhart. But when you read it, it's actually very much the, opposite of what you would expect and I also was interviewed for the people of Shambhala and the the title of the uh, interview was something like Redefining Warriors so it's people like you, people like me that are sort of redefining what those archetypes mean and what it means to be a 21st century warrior and to live by Bushido, to live by the Samurai Code, however it lands for you we're ushering in a new paradigm a new way of thinking, a new way of being and I think that's integral I absolutely. I think it's the most integral. I think to 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 try to to try to exist outside of these archetypes um, is not doing us justice, and and that is going to lead into our conversation here about 
what it means to kind of shed away the excess baggage, you know, not just physically, but then all the emotional, psychological components yeah. that come along with it and to, to reveal to us who we really are, who we forgot who we are and how to tap into, you know, tap into that energy that, that really allows us to become the best version of ourselves. Well, you've touched on a very important point, and I talk about this a lot in my interviews and in my book, what I call our true and authentic self, right? And through this process of transformation, which is very very much something that happens from the inside out, right? We distill down the egoic identity we've created for ourselves. We go through a process of deconstruction, and then as a result of that, that gives way to a process of reconstruction, and what emerges out of that, hopefully, if we've done it right, right, if we've done our diligence, is our true and authentic self. And so to touch on something that you asked me a minute ago, if you look very closely at, and this will be more apparent when the book comes out, you know, I'm psyched, uh, Ronnie, um, Sandro Manetti has agreed to collaborate with me on my book. Um, You know, he wrote with, uh, he wrote for Mickey Rourke, for Colin Firth. Um, So if you look very closely at the the similarities between the storyline between this reboot for, and to some extent all of it too, but especially the reboot for Batman Begins and Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. And if you look at my timeline, the... The similarities are uncanny. You know what I what I witnessed was a tragic death of my dad, uh, uh, an experience that impacted my life in a way that changed me forever. What most would categorize very much as a disempowering, tragic experience. But I was able to come through it, um, to rise from the ashes in a very, very much a archetypal, you know, phoenix kind of story, and turn it into a very empowering experience and one that changed my life forever. And so. So, you know, there is some, there are some similarities. There are some reflections between my storyline, my timeline and the storyline from, from Batman and from Dark Knight Rises. And out of that, obviously was born a true warrior. Um, and so that's what I'm endeavoring to do is become my true and authentic self and redefine what it means to be that archetypal warrior and to be in that vibration. That, that is uh, incredibly well put, and I totally resonate with that. I definitely relate with that in my own, my own journey, and um, that's kind of like Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, and it's, it's this theme that, that's um, it's not new. This is actually the oldest archetypical theme that's been played out ever since um, biblical times and probably before that, I'm sure, of, of just going through this process like you put is deconstruction reconstruction and and that and it and it's a continual progression it keeps That's right. going and, and so i like that idea and and the fluidity of it you know um uh i i you know most of my interviews lately have been really focused on different different uh, factors of health a lot of the raw food diet and this idea that we need to we need to continually be fluid with our approach towards health and obviously towards um, the other factors, um, the other mental and emotional and spiritual factors, because they're all working in alignment. They all work in unison. That's right. Um, okay, so let's let's jump into this. So you kind of gave us a little bit about what my next question is, but let's dive a little deeper. Um, if for all our viewers that don't know, Mark, you you were 455 pounds. Is that right? That's right. Um, 
So in my mid to late thirties, Ronnie, I was, um, I was, you know, you talked about in the beginning about being vibrantly alive and I'm so <laughs> grateful to hear you frame it that way because you're spot on, man. I mean, that's a great way of putting it. So, but let me, let me go on record as saying that in my mid thirties, I was not living, I was dying. Um, I am, I was not only the product of the standard American diet and all the trappings that come along with that, but I was also the product of PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, wow. Um, so I was a firefighter medic in my 20s. I worked with Tualatin Valley Fire and Rescue, and I actually had a great career. I was decorated twice with a Medal of Valor with the Community Service Award for Heroism. I also did search and rescue for six years, and I was given citations for things that I did in the line of duty. So I actually had a great career, but make no mistake about it, like many other uh, emergency service providers and public safety professionals, there was a lot of things that I wasn't doing. I wasn't processing the things that I was dealing with. I wasn't taking advantage of critical incident stress debriefings. And I wasn't necessarily taking the best care of myself that I could. You know, there's nothing that's anybody that tells you that working 24 hours on, 48 hours off is not stressful is lying to you. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a huge rhythmic disturbance. Oh, absolutely. You nailed it. You want to talk about a way to uh, a career that disrupts your biorhythm. Oh man! You know, and I worked for the largest fire protection de- fire protection district in the state of Oregon. And let's just take a look at this from a numbers point of view. The first day that I showed up for my externship as a paramedic uh, extern, I went I went to the Institute for Emergency Medical Services in Boston, and I did my externship in the Bronx in New York City. Ronnie, we did four thousand six hundred and seventy one calls in the first day in January of nineteen ninety six. Uh, I wore a bulletproof vest on a tactical unit in the Bronx out of Jacoby Station. I learned in the first two minutes whether or not I could do that job. And anybody who's telling you that that's not going to take, you know, not only take your energy away and be stressful, but take years off your life, they're lying to you. It's Absolutely. that simple. Wow. That's uh, a, <laughs> that's a good setup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to see what I was made of right away. Yeah. I mean, the very first thing they tell you, Ronnie, in the first day of um, the Recruit Academy is congratulations, you've just taken at least 10 years off your life. You're working the second most stressful job in the civilian world. The first is the President of the United States. And if you don't die of, you know, the secondary effects of, you know, smoke exposure, you know, which is essentially the same as um, chain smoking, you know, you've got to look at alarmingly high divorce rate, a disrupted biorhythm, you know, lifestyle changes, stress, PTSD, all the things that are part of the job. Wow, I, um, man, that you know that kind of leaves me speechless for a minute because it's, it's 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 taking it's taking basically what I equate to be the major factors in people's um, <clears throat> debilitations, which is obviously stress and stress related um, fractures from the emotional physical level. But what you're telling me is that you're basically quantifyingly accelerating that process. Well, I mean, so that, I, I think you, you've, you've touched on a very important point. I'm on, I'm on it constantly on an alert status for 24 hours, right. running my, on my adrenals, right? Absolutely. At any given time, the tones could go off. You have no idea what you're facing until you get there. When the tones go off, our operational readiness drills are designed to prepare us for the fact that we have to be up, regardless of whether or not we're working out in the ready room or we're, you know, drilling 
or we're working on the rigs or we're doing reports. When the bells go off, Ronnie, we have to be in our gear on the engine out the door in 60 seconds or less. And you don't know what you're facing until you get there. It could be a motor vehicle accident. It could be a structure fire. It could be a false alarm. It could be a first aid drill. And to do that over and over and over and over again, it wears on you. And yeah, I believe it does accelerate the process. And keep in mind, this could be at two o'clock in the afternoon or it could be two o'clock in the morning. You have to go from a resting sedentary state to in your gear on the engine out the door in 60 seconds or less, even if it's four o'clock in the morning and you're whipped because you've been running calls all day. Man, that, that just uh, instills a new sense of uh, respect for people that that really that really sacrifice themselves for other people, especially in that kind of intensive work. Yeah. Well, you know, my, my, my hat goes off to all the people that are in service, you know, whether it's the fire service or police or SWAT or the military, because, you know, these people are doing this stuff oftentimes without people noticing or maybe taking it for granted because they don't really have a good sense for what the job requires. This is why it's nice to bring people on board for, you know, a ride along as a civilian observer, because they get to get a sense for what that really entails. And so, you know, let me go on record as saying that there was largely those experiences and and a standard American diet that caused me to, you know, frankly land at death's door in my in my late 30s and so you know when when my dad was diagnosed with cancer he, he beat cancer to die of liver disease uh, he was prescribed a very aggressive uh, treatment of uh, chemo and radiation which was hugely successful in wiping out the cancer but caused a pre-existing pre-existing diabetic cirrhosis to go into overdrive and all the comorbidity that goes along with that um, my situation went from bad to worse very quickly. It was like pouring gasoline on a diesel fire. And the next thing you know, my life is spinning out of control. And, you know, you've heard me make references to, you know, part of my brand is man on fire and firestorm rising. But Mm -hmm. let me say first, for the record, that there was that firestorm initially that caused my life to burn out of control. The lucky thing for me is in the spirit of that Phoenix story that like we talked about, I realized the insight that I gained, Ronnie, is that it's just energy, right? And as we know, universe law would suggest that what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. So once I stop resisting it and, and realize that, you know, it was in control of me and, ex- and it, it instead learned how to let it flow through me to stop resisting it, to be an extension of who I am, to realize its energy and to harness it, focus it. Then out of those, you know, out of those ashes, out of that firestorm that burned my life into the ground, I was able to rise out of that quite literally a new man. And now all my energy is directed towards harnessing, manipulating, focusing that firestorm, transmuting into something powerful, something I can use to advance my career on all fronts and to propel myself forward. But I had to burn out first before that could happen. Yeah. And um, I just want to touch on this before I, I jump into the next question. That, that, what you just said is, is very part and parcel to my personality and I think is a, is an important concept that we have to understand is that there is a burnout phase and I don't mean the, the, the adrenal burnout that people are, um, involuntarily submitting to themselves, but I mean the, the, just the, the 
flow and rhythm of life and to to go through the process of transformation it's like a butterfly in the cocoon you know a caterpillar has to go through the struggle the squeezing the the uncomfortability and eventually it flourishes with beautiful wings becomes this beautiful magnificent creature that's able to soar in the sky and it's you know it's no different for the human being I, I couldn't agree more. I, you, you've put that beautifully, eloquently, and I couldn't agree with you more. Right. And we can only know this by knowing that, right? We're down here, you know, on the earth plane. It's all relative. We can only know this by knowing that. And we can only, you know, know presence by knowing absence. We can only know fullness by knowing emptiness. Um, so beautifully put. Awesome. Well, let's uh, – I want to ask you this question. What does rattle the cages mean to you? <laughs> Well, uh, it's such a great question, Ronnie. Thanks for asking. Um, my my dad was an extraordinary man, and I had an extraordinary relationship with him. You know, I refer to him in many of my interviews and, and certainly in my book as my hero and my best friend and my true north. And that man impacted my life in a way that, that changed me forever. So my hope is that my experience uh, in the various ways in which it's propagating now uh, over 100 TV and radio shows, 17 magazines, four covers a mini documentary and now uh, in pre-production a film short which is likely to be uh, the pilot for a docuseries it's propagating out there in such a way that it's going viral people are hearing about it and it's rattling the cages. I'm hoping that my story and my brand is impacting people's lives in a way that is similar to how my dad impacted mine. Obviously not as, as strong of an emotional bond or a sentimental bond because he was my dad but I'm rattling the cages, hopefully, making what I intend are some dramatic statements, Ronnie, that the American public needs to hear. We need to take our health more seriously. We need to take our food supply more seriously. Our food supply is killing us. And we especially need to take the subjects of stress, uh, childhood obesity, uh, our lifestyle and how we manage things like work-play balance. We need to take this more seriously. It's killing us. So my intention in phase one of this journey of if you will, is to rattle the cages, man, to really stir some things up and to make some dramatic statements that I believe our culture and the American public needs to hear. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more. And uh, it, I, your, your, your energy and your clarity and your, your speech pattern is really, uh, it's inspiring in the sense that it, it's, it's, you're invoking truth and you're talking about things that are very, very pertinent to our time right now and it's like uh every generation needs a new revela- a revolution revelation then revolution but every new generation needs a new revolution and th- that's really what this is and it's very easy to easy to become complacent to become distracted but more than ever because we're not in wild nature anymore we're around an artificial situation where we're plugged into what i call the plug and drug yeah. Um, massive amount of distractions. The food, the food, everything is basically. We're basically um, just to be blunt. We're basically like drug addicts from every from every avenue that you look at it. Most specifically, and my focus is on what we put into our mouth and how it's literally sedating all our higher faculties um, and subduing our higher potential. And you know, I just I got to give my hat off to you for your passion and your. 
your urgency because even sometimes for me, you know, things get busy and stressful and sometimes I just want to take a break or just take a day off. But it's like, you know, we don't when you're so passionate about it and you live it, you love it. It it really there is no day off. This is not like a job. That's right. Well, I'm really encouraged to hear you say that. And thank you for for noticing and your posture on it. It is, you know, it is something that, frankly, I can't even imagine being any other way. So what's implied, hopefully, for people who are listening and and paying attention and, and, you know, watching my interviews is that I not only became a different person, but I, I adopted a completely and totally different way of being. And what you're talking about fundamentally at the risk of sounding a little philosophical is what I hope that you and I are being successful with, Ronnie, is encouraging people, inspiring people, and empowering people to break inertia. I mean, let's face it, most of the people uh, who are, you know, a a product of the standard American diet, most of the people who are a product of corporate America and all the other, you know, ways in which this shows up in our culture, they're inert in their ways of thinking, they're inert in their ways of doing, they're inert in their ways of being. And a message that gets lost in my story, because so much of it is sensationalized around the weight loss and reversing the diabetes, is that I broke inertia, Ronnie. I stopped doing what was familiar to me, and I started doing what was best for me. And that that leap, that that change, that that um, literally, you know, uh, breaking the inert ways in which I was successful in running myself into the ground is not only why my transformation was so successful, but why I continue to be so successful. Because one of the best definitions that I've ever heard for healthy is the ability to adapt to an ever-changing environment. And it doesn't matter what gets thrown at me, because as you eloquently pointed out, the ebb and flow of life and the human condition is a fluid. It's not a solid. It's all always changing, always dynamic. You never know what life's going to throw at you. I'm able to instantly adapt to it in a very positive, constructive, and healthy way. And to come back to, you know, there's a scene in, um, I can't remember right now if it's, yeah, it's Batman Begins. Rachel Dobbs meets, um, uh, Christian Bruce Wayne's character in the in the subway, and she says, yeah. "You know, who are you?" And he says, "I'm someone who like you, someone who rattled the cages." That's right. right. You know, I I accepted uh, self imposed maybe, but a mantle of responsibility to share my experience with people in such a way that it impacted their lives, that it made a dramatic statement that uh, not everybody's going to agree with. It's not going to resonate with everybody. I mean, God, I've had plenty of people tell me that they consider me to be an egomaniac and all it is is Mark TV, me tooting my own horn. But my whole, this whole thing has been designed with the intention that it pays my message forward, that it tells uh, people some hard and important truths. And not everybody wants to hear that. Not everybody's ready. And, you know, I get that. I used to be that guy. But uh, if, if shouting things from the rooftop is what I have to do to rattle the cages and get people's attention and get people to really take a good hard look at themselves, then that's what I'll do. Yeah, and I learned um, years ago a really important thing. The phrase was, a no now is not a no tomorrow. That's right. I like that. That's right. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's right. So, okay, I, I just saw a video of you, and you did 
a 500-foot plunge down a bank tower? I did. You know, it's uh, funny you should say that. There's one of those coming up here in a few days in Portland, which is where I'm at now. So what I did was I participated in what's called Over the Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I did a lot of training. Like I said, I did search and rescue for six years uh, up on Mount Hood and in the Mount Hood National Forest in the Columbia River Gorge with a unit here that was attached to Clackamas County Sheriff's Office and the 939th Pararescue Wing, an organization called Pacific Northwest Search and Rescue. And I did my, you know, training with structural firefighting and high, actually taught high angle rescue at Portland Community College. But I jumped at the opportunity to repel almost 500 feet off the Bancor Tower in Portland as a publicity stunt and fundraiser uh, for a local nonprofit here. And I'm going to do that again in Los Angeles. And uh, the local news covered it. Um, I think it was KGW or Coin6 covered it, called it Spider-Man for a day. It was great fun. And uh, I'm going to do it again in the fall in Los Angeles. So that was good times. Um, you know, it, on film, it looks totally different. Keep in mind, there's an OSHA safety team in place. It's a bomb-proof anchor system. But it was still a lot of fun. And I did get to repel almost 500 feet off the second tallest building in Portland. Totally <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was good times, for sure. So you got got really activated activated on being an athlete, too. Uh, say that again. You got you really got activated, activated on, on physical, physical training. training. Well, yeah. So let, let's let's take a closer look at that. I vowed after my dad's death not only to lose that weight and to eradicate the comorbidity because I had diabetes, I had high blood pressure, I had all the things that go along with being because um, you know, in keeping with the idea of everything being a reflection of something else. What manifested for me externally, outwardly, was this, you know, state of of, uh, being obese, was the diseases, you know, all of the things that were a reflection of what was going on in between my ears. My mind was broken. The problem was, you know, in my psyche, anxiety, depression, OCD. I was abusing drugs and alcohol. So I, I vowed not only to restore myself to vibrant health, but to take it up another level and to to enjoy the kind of um to be in the kind of shape that I enjoyed when I was an athlete. I played football and wrestled in high school and college. I played for a short time in the minor leagues. So currently, I'm in the process right now of taking it as far as I can within the limits of my genetics. What I did was I set my intention. I enrolled myself into a program and and solicited the help with a team of expert professionals. We can talk a little bit about that if we have time, some of the members of my team. And I said, okay, I want to take this as far as I can within the limits of my genetics. I want to be in the best shape that I can and also to get the kind of traction that I need in order to compete in the Los Angeles market as an actor and as a model because there's a ton of talented guys down there, many of whom have you know been doing martial arts training or parkour training or gymnastics or whatever since they were kids. And I came into the game kind of late in the scheme of things. So I've set my intention, Ronnie, to show from my current weight down to about 210 pounds, uh, 7% body fat, of course, drug-free, no steroids, on a plant-based whole foods diet fueled by Warrior Force, which I believe is the leader in plant-based nutrition, um, to not only make a dramatic statement because the American public loves transformation, and my strength is in transformation, motivation, and inspiration, but to also get shredded to get into the best possible shape that I can, uh, which I believe will 
will give me the traction that I need to advance my career as an actor, as a model, and as an athlete. I'm going to do some climbing. Uh, climbing is my passion. It's my sport of choice, mountaineering. I'm going to climb Aconcagua, which is a 7,000-meter peak in Argentina. And I've always been an explorer, Ronnie. I've always been uh, a kind of an astronaut, if you will. So where I see myself being able to contribute uh, and impact people's lives as an athlete is there's, a, there's peaks in the Peruvian Andes that have never even seen human footprints. And I want to be the guy that's sort of remembered among the ranks of people like Ernest Shackleton, that's an explorer, that's a survivor, that goes and, and does things that sort of embrace the boundlessness of the human spirit. And I'm doing everything from mixed martial arts training to gymnastics to parkour to functional movement training so that I develop a skill set that will make it possible for me to compete in the Los Angeles market, not only as an actor, but we're talking action film stuff. We're talking superhero stuff. We're talking <laughs> Jedi stuff. You know, that's where I want to focus my energy on film and on television. That is, that is so, so cool. cool. I think I there's think a little, little bit of an, an echo, echo on my part. Now I'm just going to back up my computer a little can you still can you hear, still hear me? I can hear. I can hear you fine, Ronnie. Thank okay, you. Cool. Um, that is, that so, is cool. so cool. Um, um, I'm, I'm I'm right on board with you. I'm, I'm curious. How is how is your diet look like right now? From where you started, and how is that impacting your training? Uh, thanks for asking. You know, I was raw vegan for right around two years. I think it was in total. So um, I've recently made some changes in my diet. I'm still partly raw, um, and I intend to go high raw again because. I believe, among other things, that's going to be a catalyst for me to shred down to 7% body fat. Uh, I'm still on a plant-based whole foods diet, but strictly speaking, I'm not vegan. Um, I stopped uh, efficiently recombinating plant-based proteins, and the, the the set of tests that I had done, I had a full set of, uh, full panel of tests done, suggested that although the vegan diet, the raw vegan diet was, was a catalyst for my weight loss and my transformation, it's not necessarily best suited for my genotype in the long run and certainly not consistent with my goals right now. So um, I am an ovo-lacto-pescatarian. So I reintroduced wild-caught fish, mm. um, some organic cage-free, free-range, soy-free fertile eggs, and occasionally some goat cheese or some other soft cheeses uh, into my diet. It has made a tremendous difference. I'd say roughly 70% of my diet is still vegan. A lot of greens, uh, a lot of kale, shards, spinach, arugula, a lot of seed grains because I am gluten-free. So quinoa, amaranth, um, you know, sprouted um, uh, lentils, mung beans, a lot of root vegetables, still largely a, a vegan diet, but I do have fish and I do have eggs in my diet and I do have some dairy in the form of goat cheese. And I find it has made a, a tremendous difference for me. I'm, I'm, I believe this better suits me. And of course, you know, I'm eating every two hours. I'm eating, depending on how long I'm awake for, six to eight times a day. So that usually translates to about five meals a day and three warrior forest green smoothies. I had the warrior food extreme and use uh, elite green protein and the warrior greens and warrior foundation and all my smoothies. And it's made a huge difference. I, you know, I got more, you know how this is. You're an expert on this stuff, Ronnie. I've seen your posts and I know you've talked a lot about um, the benefits of a plant strong diet and a raw diet at places like air one market and the agape center. I got more energy than I know what to do with, man. It's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, when you yeah. get processed foods out of your diet, how it changes things for you. 
Yeah, 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 yeah you, you definitely have to kind of navigate the nutrition thing and, and figure out what's going to best format your floppy, floppy disk for your genetic potential. And, and it, it goes, it goes back, back to the, the fluidity, fluidity thing in that you 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 have, you have to ride right away. You have to you have to trust you have to trust where it's taking you, and sometimes you have to make adjustments. Um, and I, I, you know, I get to talk with all kinds of people like Peter Ragnar and Wade Lightheart and my friend Kevin Hill, who's an expert nutritionist. And I just talked to him yesterday, actually, on an interview. And, you know, he's a vegan bodybuilder. And so everyone has their own thing. Everyone right. has their own perspective. And it's and that, to me, is actually the crux of the matter when it comes to kind of the, the you know, kind of the neurosis. And I, this comes up in a lot of my interviews kind of the neurosis of the diet field where it were a lot of people feel that you know we're anatomically set for a certain thing or physiologically and I, and I agree with that like if you look at it and I don't want to go on a tangent but this is leading me somewhere if you look at it, the human being physiologically and anatomically yes we are more aligned with herbivores than anything but the point I'm making and I'm driving kind of what you're doing to home is that we've been put into a very abnormal or a very abnormal situation where our genetics have been flipped upside down sideways left and right we're being saturated with massive amount of estrogens a massive amount of chemicals that we were never um, con- never contended with you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. So we're, you know, in a very interesting situation where not one thing is going to work for one person and certainly not through the duration of someone's life. I I agree. I'm going to go a step further and agree with everything that you say, but I'm also going to say that because of what we've been through as a culture, our society, what's happened to our food supply, we've started to ingest things that were never even intended for human consumption in the first place. You know? I mean, that may seem like a radical statement to make, but I believe there's truth to it. Not on this radio show, it's not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I I suspect that if we really came out with the the truth about some, if people really came clean, there's some stuff that show up on labels that the Food and Drug Administration would classify as a plastic. Absolutely. Like hydrogenated oil is a, is a, that is a definition right there. Yeah. And you know, you can go down that rabbit hole, but what you're saying essentially is completely accurate. And, you know, I always like to bring, you know, one of my, one of my missions as a nutritionist and as a public speaker is to actually distill a lot of the misinformation in the nutrition world. And it's coming from the raw food industry or the raw food sector. And it's also coming from, all the other sectors, everybody kind of sees things from their own peripheral filters and their own reference point. And it's kind of the human condition to draw upon as much bias that that supports our theory in order to prove it as a quote-unquote fact. And, you know, it, it requires a lot of experimentation and you know, just like my journey is not done, you know, I've included certain things into my diet, like raw dairy and, and um, pasture-raised eggs, and they come and go. You know, it's like I go through cleansing, I go through anabolic, I go through, let's do catabolic for now, let's detox, and, you know, it's a fluctuation. I don't know where it's going to take me in 10 years, but I know where I'm at now. Right. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like that was kind of uh, something I wanted to interject into that, too, for anyone that's listening. 
um, because it's really important to get different perspectives. And another thing, too, I was talking to Wade Lightheart a couple of days ago, and he said something really powerful, which is pretty obvious, is that athletes have a much different physiological requirement than ordinary people. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I want to go on record. You know, Wade has been someone that I've consulted a lot in the past. Um, I'm hugely inspired by his journey. The man's brilliant, but he knows his stuff. I mean, he's got yes. the credentials to back it up. He's so, you know, well-educated and really in the know and somebody who is constantly, you know, shoring up his um, frame of reference and, and, you know, doing his diligence. And, you know, what we're talking about here is, you have to make informed decisions. You have to stay on top of things. And for every one piece of information out there, there's like seven pieces of disinformation. You have to filter through it. You have to develop your own discernment. And most importantly, you have to decide what works best for you, which means you got to get in there. You got to get in the kitchen. You got to ask questions. You got to find out what your body's telling you. You got to cultivate that, you know, uh, that level of, you know, being able to check in and tell you what your listen to what your body's telling you it needs. And there's a learning curve along with that. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, you know, I, I like this phrase that it took you it took you as long as it took you to get to where you are. It's going to take you a little longer to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. It makes yeah, a lot of sense. And, you know, people people have kind of been um, kind of uh, in. I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this, but people have been kind of. Uh, well, basically, people have just kind of um, adopted this idea that. You know, I'll just go on a detox, I'll just go on a cleanse, and then I'll lose a certain amount of weight, and then it's okay. And my perspective on that is, no, you've you've detoxed, you've lost a certain amount of weight, you've gotten into your ideal um, body weight ratio that fits for you. Now you've, you've pretty much put yourself on a level playing field now you're actually on square one you now there's you start to have to build yourself you have to construct yourself now uh, yeah i mean beautifully put absolutely you know to come back to what we said earlier right um you know deconstruction happens first you dismantle yourself and then you recreate yourself but the good news is is that if you've done it right and hopefully you have by doing your diligence you're now recreating you're now rebuilding on a solid foundation right um, yeah you're going to build a house you don't want to build it on a flimsy foundation it's right. you know it's like it's just the things that we you know we preach in our own area of expertise, but we don't always apply it to all these other areas. It's most of the time the most important areas. So um, anyways, this has been an incredible conversation. Your passion is just infectious. I know the people listening, I, I don't know how they can't be inspired. So <laughs> I, I want to, uh, where can they find you? All of it. Well, so the best way to reach me for now, I'm actually going to be two things. My, my, my website's about to get a facelift, the existing website, and then we're going to be launching a new website um, sometime real soon. I'm not exactly sure when. So um, my current website, which is the best way to reach me now, is www.getempowerednow.com. Empowered is spelled with an I, like impulse power. There are plugins for Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. You 
can subscribe to my newsletter. I've got a blog up there. I want to invite everybody who, you know, is so moved and so inclined to please do stay in touch with me. And then um, I'm going to be launching uh, a second website, which is www.powerwithinme.com, as in power within M-E, Mark Eisenhart.com, um, very soon. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the date's going to be, but keep your eyes out for that. And then I've got a couple of pages on facebook.com slash rattle the cages, um, facebook.com slash, I think it's warrior force athlete ambassador, uh, facebook.com slash Mark Eisenhart. And also for the people who want to kind of get more into the, the various, um, pieces, parts of my spiritual practice, which is obviously integral to any spiritual warrior, wants to learn more about meditation, the law of attraction, visualization techniques, positive affirmations. I practice like you do, Ronnie, mindful and conscious eating. Um, go to GuyMTV.com slash man on fire. I've actually got a collection of videos there that people that kind of want to do a little more homework and do a little more self-study on some of these subjects can do so by going to that land page, uh, guymtv.com slash man on fire. So there's like 10 different ways you can reach me on the internet. It's That's awesome. And I'm actually on, on this page, I'll have it provided for everybody so they can easily just go and click and get there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time. This has been a pleasure. Ronnie, thank you so much, man. The work you're doing, it's it's huge, man. I follow your post. I oftentimes don't have time to respond to things or like things or comments, but, man, keep shining that light of yours. I can see it from here, brother. I look forward to collaborating with you in the future and doing some things together where we're co-creating. And, man, your work is just, it's huge. Don't, don't think for one second that I'm not paying attention because I am. I'm inspired by your work. You're providing content that is not only inspiring, but integral information that the American public needs to hear. We need somebody like you who can stand up and kind of filter through the rummage, you know, kind of move apart the muck and, and provide good, valuable, credible information amidst all the disinformation. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Warriors lead the way, Ronnie. I do appreciate it, brother. Totally. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, everyone, this has been another edition of the Expanded Health and Human Potential Radio Show. We'll catch you guys next time.